If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. Welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. And uh, having a really good week this week, I got to tell you, uh, off to a great start with um, with doing some uh, short videos for uh, for LinkedIn content. And uh, I'd always advise uh, and encourage uh, the listeners to come to LinkedIn and look me up on LinkedIn and connect there. That's how we, uh, we make a lot of the connections for the Bravehearts radio show for content. And um, this, you know, just, uh, just ha- having a really good time with that. The first one that I did uh, last week uh, was on um, how to set up your, your video uh, for optimum um, production value, you know, uh, lighting, microphone, and so forth. And uh, so I had uh, several people already commenting about that. And, and one uh, was, was so proud of the, uh, the new video equipment that she had, um, that she was employing. I was happy to see that because it, it gives me a good feeling when somebody uh, t- takes my advice. Sometimes I think, um, uh, you know, I should take my own advice. And it reminds me of something my dad used to say. Uh, dad used to do when I was a young man, I would be heading out for the evening and he would, he would, he wouldn't say, stay out of trouble. What my dad would say was use good judgment. And uh, later on, I, I got to realize what a, what a great thing that was for a dad to say to a kid. And then I also got to thinking, I wonder how life might've turned out if I had taken his advice. And uh, so, um, you know, there's the, there's the, uh, the story of the day to get things started here. Um, uh, Brian Reinbold, the mission specialist, uh, because I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the trip gets accomplished and uh, it's your parade. I just help make sure you're in it. So if you do go to LinkedIn, you'll, you'll see why that, uh, why I make that comment, because uh, we've got a picture of a parade in the banner. It's the Apollo astronauts uh, coming after they came back from the moon. So today I have as my guest, Cornelia Walther. Uh, she is um, uh, author of several books, including Leadership for Social Change and Development, Inspiration and Transformation. I think that's a, a fascinating book. And uh, we had a conversation a, a little while back and encouraged the, uh, the listeners, the Bravehearts listeners, to, uh, uh, to ha- have some questions for, uh, for Cornelia. And, um, and so we're going to be addressing that today. So without further delay, um, welcome, Cornelia. Thank you. Thank you, Brian, for having me. Yep. And now you're, you're, a, you're a doctor as well. Uh, that correct? Yes. I'm, I, I did my PhD in law in international children's rights while I was working in Congo. Wow. Okay. That's, that's I a... couldn't heal you. I couldn't cure your coughing, but I'm a doctor. Okay, so um, I, I know that on, in the in the title in, in the on the cover of your book, it's it says Cornelius C. Walther. It doesn't it doesn't refer to you as doctor. I know so many people that uh, that are doctors that ref, that are uh, you know that's that's an important part of their moniker. Um, not not so much. 
No, you know, I mean, I don't really believe in titles and grades and status mm -hmm. and all that stuff, A, because you can't take anything of that along anyhow. And mm -hmm. the reason why I did that PhD in the end was A, because I wanted to really wrap my brain around that gap that separates, on the one hand, the commitments that all countries, <clears throat> but the US, have made to make mm -hmm. every right true for every child. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I think I mentioned last time that I've been working for 20 years in Africa, Afghanistan, Haiti. So a little bit in the countries where children's rights are the most marginalized. Mm -hmm. And that there is just this gigantic gap between the commitments that are enshrined in the Convention of the Right of the Child and the reality that children around the world are going through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to dedicate really some brain space in my weekends, in my evenings, and to um, discipline myself to focus on it. And so while I was working in Congo, I did that as my, as my hobby, if you like. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that is, um, that, that's a challenging hobby, I've got to say that. Yes, and you know, um, during these four years, I must say, I very, very often regretted to begin it. But once you're in it, there's always that moment where you feel you have invested too much time and thought mm -hmm. that it's wasted when you go back. So, Yeah. Well, we and we've had the conversation about uh, the fire starter and, and uh, getting the coals hot enough to cook on, right? So, um, uh, it sounds like um, uh, I, I know you stick with things. So, um, I, I want to get to the questions that we that we got, um, and um, I, I want to acknowledge our our, our friend uh, Yulia Kartoshkina. Uh, for her uh, her input into uh, into the show and her feedback from the uh, from the first uh, uh, conversation that you and I had, um, and uh, and the questions that resulted from that, and the uh, the opportunity that that provides for for you to respond to that. If I uh, get to the questions and quit talking myself, um, so let let me begin with the first one. Um, the question, how can we inspire people to connect to their authentic selves and search for their authentic purpose if they do not want to change? I think it's not, the two of them are not automatically connected because our authentic self eventually unfolds when we have identified and began to pursue our purpose, mm -hmm. that's what really matters to us in life. Mm -hmm. And in the process of dedicating ourselves to a, a cause that goes beyond our own little interest, we're gradually changing. We're gradually unraveling, if you like, mm -hmm. that best part of ourselves that's the innermost core. And that is not necessarily a conscious choice. It's just happening. Because yeah. in the end, 
life is not about adding additional layers. Mm-hmm. It's about removing those that we have accumulated and we are, that we are accumulating over time to protect ourselves, to cope with circumstances, to fit into society, whatever, what not. Mm-hmm. But when you really remove all of that, then you have that authentic self that is appearing. And if I may just make the link between what we spoke about earlier with um, the gap between rights and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So I proved that, but it left me with a much bigger question, which is how can we from there move to actual change? Because as long as it's just written on paper that yes, this obligation to take care of those who are the most in need exists, both individually speaking and collectively, that leaves us exactly with the status quo that we in this country and in many other countries around the world find ourselves in. And that set me out on the big question of how do you get people to want to change? Mm-hmm. And how do you make them want to be part of social change that is not first about them, but about the rest of the world? And that then was the point of departure for the Posey paradigm that is part of the book that you referred to and the other books. Yeah. And, and um, that, you know, that, that is, that is a, a, a dilemma to, um, if, if we want to help people to, to connect to their authentic selves. Um, we can't show that to them. That's something that is revealed to them from within, right? Yeah, in the end, everything comes from within. Change yeah. starts from the inside out and it's nurtured from the outside in. And you can start that process of transformation from both sides, but the common parallel between the two of them is that you need to get started and that nobody can do it for you. Yeah. It's not like going to the dentist and having a tooth pulled by the dentist, but it's only you and yourself who can identify what matters to you and to start getting after it. Good, good, good thoughts. And um, something that I, that I remember about our conversation is it's not just uh, the thoughts, it's the doing. And, and to get started with that. So um, we're going to be taking our, our first break here on the uh, Bravehearts radio show. Come back with, uh, with more questions from, uh, from our audience for uh, uh, Cornelia Walther. And um, uh, please uh, stick with us, but also um, pay attention to these uh, important messages from our sponsors because they help make the uh, Bravehearts radio show go. And um, we'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Today, I've got uh, Cornelia Walther, Dr. Cornelia Walther, or Cornelia, Cornelia Walther, Ph.D. Um, uh, Cornelia is, um, is author of uh, several books, including Leadership for Social Change and Development. And uh, I, I think uh, one of the great thought leaders uh, in my circle, I'm so happy to have a conversation with her every time I do, and happy to share that conversation with you today we're following up on um, uh, a, a show that we did a little while back and have some questions from the audience uh, that uh, Cornelia is responding to so uh, we're going to get back to that and uh, uh, you know I'm going to take the advice of, uh, of someone who said let your guests talk more so um, uh, the, the, the second uh, question um, uh, Cornelia is many say that change is hard. Why do you think that is? That everybody's different, right? But um, I think the thing with change and in particular, when it comes to personal change is that it seems like this huge intimidating endeavor, mm-hmm. which is like you look up to the Mount Everest and it feels like, You'll never make it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it all starts with one step. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that last time, and I'm still referring to it because I still like it. Mm-hmm. It's the Kaizen principle. Do a little thing every day, yeah. and eventually the drops will fill the cup. And everything has started with just one single person believing in something with passion And then that person convinced maybe one person more, maybe two, maybe three. And eventually you have this magnetism that just naturally derives from people who passionately pursue a cause. And that's also why right now I hope and your show is a beautiful place 
to make that happen as well is this connection with like-minded thinkers and doers. Because there are many people who want change, who maybe have not dared yet to start, but who are ready for it. Well, and I think, you know, when you you think of like-minded thinkers and doers, um, I've often said I I prefer preaching to the choir to evangelizing. And by that, what I mean is, is, um, you know, when when I'm uh, uh, presenting something to um, the Bravehearts, the listeners to Bravehearts Radio, um, I'm not looking to change someone's mind so much as I am looking to reinforce what people already believe. But I think it's also important for us to be able to um, have dialogue with people and, um, and be able to um, convince them of, uh, of the, um, the value of ideas, too. I agree with you. And even more than... Um, preaching to the choir, I think it's in the end all about walking the talk because Mm -hmm. in the end, words are low cost Mm -hmm. and it's only action that really speaks to the heart. And it's, yes, we can say a lot, but if there's incoherence, then Mm -hmm. those words will remain empty. You had referred in the first question to this aspect of the authentic self. Mm-hmm. Well, the authentic person is the one whose aspiration is aligned with the action. And yeah. I think that's the main point. When, you, when we think about ourselves, we are not convinced if somebody just talks. And it's actually quite interesting because there are scientific findings that prove that we have a very deeply ingrained evolutionary um, refined tracker in our system that we can discover or detect beyond words, beyond anything else when somebody is not authentic. Mm-hmm. And that is not only discouraging us from trusting that person, but even more so from following what they do. Yeah, you know, there's an old saying. I have lots of lots of old sayings and quotes, and one is is what you what you do speaks so loudly to me that I cannot hear what you say. And. Yeah. Um, I know that was an admonition to parents um, that I remember is that, um, you know, the the children do not listen to you if if you're not setting the example. And, um, but I I, I like you said, authenticity is alignment of action and aspiration. Aspiration. It comes back to the Posey paradigm, which is based on the understanding that our, our human existence is a composition of four dimensions with soul, heart, mind, and body expressed as aspiration, mm-hmm. emotion, thought, and sensation. And, and aspiration those is... must be aligned in order to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, that's a spiral diagram uh, beginning with the soul and, and moving outward, but it also moves inward too. So everything... Everything affects everything else, you know. Doing good exactly. anywhere does good everywhere. But I really like that uh, that all a uh, you know authenticity is alignment of action and aspiration. Um, 
I'm, I, I suppose I'm a big fan of alliteration too, but uh, you know that uh, that that may not translate. <laughs> I I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, the uh, the question: uh, Why is this hard? Um, I, th- I think part of or you know, um, the uh, uh, yeah the question. Many say that change is hard. Why do you think that is? Um, I, I suppose that could be taken two ways. Many say that changes. Why do you think that is? Why do you, why is it that many say this, or why is it that change is hard? Now, I read it more as uh, that 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 change is hard um, rather than uh, you know to say that um, you know a lot of people say this, but I think that's true. Many many people say change is hard, and because of that, we resist it. We resist it, and. We don't believe in it. And in the moment where we don't believe in it, it's not going to happen. And it's also, I think there's this close connection between social change and individual change. It's when we take a big topic, which these days becomes far more tangible, Mm -hmm. which is a world free from eating meat. Yeah. Which is again, scientifically proven now, something which is very important for the long-term expectations of our planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past, when people were talking about being vegetarian, being not vegetarian, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, what's going to change if I stop eating mm-hmm. my steak? Nothing's going to change. I'm just one out of so many. Yeah. And that's that connection between the two two systems which are so directly related and which is also why I think it's important to understand the interplay between our aspirations, emotions, thoughts and our behavior Mm -hmm. with the rest of the world that we reflect with individuals that are part of communities, part of countries, and ultimately the planet. Because it makes this whole endeavor of social change something that is not an utopia. It's concrete and pragmatic, and it begins at the core of the center with the aspiration of individuals for meaning, for a why, for change, that matters. And the world is a, is a mirror for us. So what we put out, we get back. And uh, that's what my dad used to say, uh, a smile is the best investment you can make. Well, I can't smile for the whole world, but I can, I can smile for you. I can smile for the person that I meet when I'm walking along the path. And uh, we almost always get that smile right back. Um, that, that's, that's a great example, I think, of the, of the idea that the world is a mirror for us, we get back what we put out, and and I can't change the world. I can't change all of it, but I can change me. And uh, it's it seems like it's uh, a lot like voting. Um, we either vote or we don't vote. Uh, we either uh, change or we participate in change or we don't change. But um, uh, we individually, it's very rare that one person's vote or one person's change is the dynamic that that tips the you know tips the uh, the way things are in the world well that depends right yeah. because that one person multiplied by five million mm-hmm. 
is actually quite a difference. And so it all comes down to the critical mass of people on the one hand. But then on the other hand, it's also that one person who actually takes action, who can be the one who inspires and who catalyzes Mm -hmm. those 4.9 thousand or hundred thousand who are watching. Mm -hmm. And and that's the, the big thing that you never know who is looking at you when you smile, who is looking at you when you talk or walk the talk. Yeah, and when we smile, the, the you know the the main person that it affects is us. Uh, that's uh, that's the uh, you know whether or not you get that smile returned. I'm just uh, we're going to uh, go to a break here again uh, shortly, but I, I want to um, re- recall a quote. Uh, I think Margaret Mead, I think, is uh, credited with this, and she said, "Never doubt that a small group of people, committed people, can change the world." Indeed. It is the only thing that ever has. And she was yeah. an anthropologist, so she should know. Yeah, that's right. Change the, yeah, change the world. So uh, we'll be back on the other side of 60 seconds. Uh, stick with us here on Bravehearts Radio. Cornelia Walther is my guest, and we'll have more questions for her when we come back. Um, stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 seconds. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. And, you know, in the third segment, I always say something nice about the National Day Calendar. NationalDayCalendar.com is one of the uh, great supporters of the uh, Bravehearts for Kids pediatric cancer charity. And, uh, 
you can go to nationaldaycalendar.com and see the, um, uh, the, what the, the national day of the day is. And, you know, they've got a radio station full time right now. So you can go listen to music all day long. And, and if, you, uh, if you listen long enough, you're bound to hear my voice uh, telling you to celebrate every day. And uh, now let's get back to more music. And uh, so here on Bravehearts Radio, now let's get back to more conversation. And my guest today is uh, Cornelia Walther. And uh, she is a thought leader in uh, leadership and social change. Um, just excited to have her, her with. Um, the, we we're taking questions because uh, Cornelia was on the show uh, a little while back and uh, got questions from the audience. Um, the... Uh, uh, the next question is a little bit more uh, more lengthy in uh, it's um, uh, re- referring to some of the power that the, the talk that uh, we had in the first uh, our first uh, episode together, Cornelia. Uh, you talked about the power of different perspectives, the power that one has to change their perspective on the situation. Can you provide a couple examples from your life when you were in a challenging situation, but then adapted a new perspective and were able to make it through? Uh, insights from your humanitarian work uh, would be really cool. And I think that's, uh, that's quite a bonus too. So, um, Well, my first piece of answer to that, I think, is on the life and work in humanitarian crises over and all, mm-hmm. which from the outside speaking, people always see as something which is very, very hard and very, very demanding. And I won't deny that. Mm-hmm. I will not say it is not true. But the point is we have so much to learn. And in the moment where you snap out of this perspective of um, of judgment and where you step out of this labelization whereby Afghanistan is a place of terrorists and Congo is a place of poverty and rape mm-hmm. and Haiti is a country of cholera and rampant violence and where you just leave those labels aside and just really go there with the perspective that you're a human being and you have the fortune of encountering individuals who have grown up and who live with a very different perspective to life just because their whole experience so far has been so dramatically different from your own protected growing up yeah then every moment in glimpses so much magic. Mm-hmm. And once you have that opening in your perspective, then each of these encounters brings you so much opportunity to learn and to expand our perspective. I think that's the main thing that we tend to take refuge in our own little perspective. Mm-hmm and tend to neglect the fact that is one out of seven billion perspectives. So it can't be true. And that the world is such a kaleidoscope that keeps on changing constantly that only if we open our mind and our heart to as many different perspectives as possible, we can maybe from time to another 
catch a glimpse of what reality is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, and I think the labeling uh, that, that you described, what, what, uh, what, we, what we launch in our minds is something uh, that um, you're, you're this, therefore that. Um, and, and I suppose that, that could be, that, that, that applies to a lot of different, different things. Um, you know, my, my grand, grandparents came from Germany and, uh, and, and, and you've lived in Germany, uh, gr- grew up there, I think. Right. So, um, um, you know, so people might think, well, you're German, therefore this, um, and, 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 and that, that may be completely wrong you know someone's someone's from haiti therefore therefore they they have some expectation of what that means and it doesn't mean the same thing for everyone because because there's there's not a single place that's that's completely homogenous like that i mean i'm not even the same as i was yesterday yep and linking this back to um the question of change before, mm-hmm. we keep on changing. Change is the only permanent thing in this world. Nothing is ever graved in stone. And once we acknowledge that, that we can't hold on to anything, then also personal change and social change becomes something which is far more tangible because we always have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, there's something in the question about um, uh, insights from your humanitarian work would be uh, would be would be uh, uh, would be helpful or or touch. And I know the uh, working in the Congo uh, must uh, must be a different perspective um, and something very very different from what uh, the um, um, many of our listeners uh, are used to. Yeah, and. I guess each of these places where I was um, is very different. But the, the one thing that is either a challenge or an opportunity, I think, is A, the language. Now, I'm very uh, fortunate because I speak French. Mm. But then in Congo, in addition, you have seven local languages. So even if you speak French, which is one of the national official languages that does not help you if you move out of the country uh, out of the out of the capital and mm-hmm. some of the capital provinces because um, if in a country that is a continent in and by itself yeah. that's one thing so you start to um, adopt the perspective that is very much shaped by what you see and what others translate for you um, but then it's also, I think, that element of just completely different life conditions, mm-hmm. right? Here we grow up with a perspective, you switch on the electricity and there's light. You mm-hmm. open the tap and there's gushing water. You go mm-hmm. to the supermarket and there are 20 types of chocolate and 505 tea, tea, tea flavors, But when you go to a supermarket or to a local shop in DRC, well, there is first what the farmer grows. And then Mm -hmm. depending on where you are, there is a limited selection of what has been imported from a small number of limited countries. 
So I don't want to oversimplify and I don't want to like put a very, another label, but it's this change in understanding of what we take for granted. Mm-hmm. And the comfort that one tends to grow up with and that one tends to take so in passing in Europe and in the US and in many other places is absolutely not a given. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's something... Sorry. You know, no, when, when we uh, uh, occasionally will have a storm that knocks out the electricity. And um, it, to, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a charming time of finding the candles and, um, and, you, know, and, and uh, you know, having, you know, living by candlelight without any electronics on, without anything else on, uh, without the furnace running and the, uh, the, the blower or the air conditioning. Um, that, uh, that, you know, and, and keeping the refrigerator shut because, um, it's, it's not, it, it, it's not running. Um, so it, it's something of a charming time, but it's, it, it's, it's not, um, it's not something I would, I would uh, be comfortable getting used to. Uh, but what it does when that happens is, is it creates a sense of appreciation for the things that we take for granted. And I think the opposite of, of uh, taking something for granted is to appreciate it. Um, and the things that, that we so often, like you said, in Europe and in and, uh, and the Americas take for granted um, are things that, that are, um, are not even per- conceived or perceived by many people around the world. I, I think uh, could, could you imagine uh, the the uh, the uh, the ethereal um, uh, uh, experience that going to a major supermarket and looking and going to the produce department would be for 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 many of the people that, that throughout the world and for almost anyone throughout history. I mean, I can only take my own experience when I came back and each time when I came back after a couple of months to visit my parents in Germany, mm-hmm. like to choose one bar of chocolate, it yeah. took me ages because I was overwhelmed with this huge options. <laughs> so I, I don't even want to try to imagine what it would be like for somebody who has never seen that. Yeah, it's you know I I I um, actually jokingly refer to one of the grocery stores uh, in our neighborhood as um, some place it's just got too much, and it's the uh, the aisles that that disappear as they they curve that at they as they curve as the Earth's curvature comes <laughs> and they disappear over the horizon. Well, they're not really that long, but, um, but it, yeah, it, I, it's I think- a big store. Sometimes abundance is not necessarily a blessing because in the end, I mean, there is only that limited number of things that you actually need, right? And everything that goes beyond it is no longer an added value. And there are actually, again, there are studies that prove that beyond a certain ceiling, our well-being does not increase. I've, I've seen that. I think it's in the U.S. it's uh, $75,000 or, you know, 50,000 pounds or whatever the, 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 the translation would be. Um, yeah, it's uh, abundance 
is uh, is something that if we appreciate it, that's one thing. But if it if it is taken for granted, that's uh, I think that's a completely different story. So, well, we're going to break once again, and we'll be back to uh, uh, finish up with questions for Cornelia Walter when we get back from our break. Um, stick with us on Brave Hearts Radio. We will be back on the other side of sixty seconds. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. I have as my guest today, Dr. Cornelia Walther. I said doctor there again. Cornelia is uh, a thought leader, author of several books, including Leadership for Social Change and Development. And uh, we have been talking about... Um, uh, abundance and authenticity and, uh, you know, questions from, from the audience. Um, the next question is, um, why are so many people inclined to believe in science rather than their own intuition? Hmm. I think one piece of the answer is that that's the way we grow up and that's the way society is configured. Mm-hmm. That and which is in in our society or in the Western culture very different from what is happening in many other places of the world. But when you think about our education curricula, about how the careers are shaped, it's very much about science. Mm-hmm. It's very much about the written, about the research about everything that has gone through various different instances to be confirmed. And yes, there is absolute a lot of value in that. But to me, it's not an either or equation. Mm -hmm. 
And that is also something I think to keep in mind by those who tend to discard their intuition and go for what they consider as scientifically proven because yeah. things keep on changing. And what seemed to be scientifically proven a hundred years ago mm-hmm. may have been discarded five times in the meantime. So in the end, the science is just as good as the humans have put it out there. And there, there, there are different uh, personality types that, that, um, that say uh, they're, they're intuitive or they're, uh, or they're sensing uh, the, the um, um, you know, my, my, my Myers-Briggs, for example, is, is, is an intuitive. And I'm thinking that um, there, with, with the intuitive sense, um, rather than the scientific side, it's like, well, I know this. I know this. I know this. It comes from within. I just can't prove it. And I know that was one of our one of the first things that uh, that we connected on was the idea that you know I have this uh, all these ideas that I that I I know are true, but I I can't prove it. And so I I, I like to connect with scientists, and I, I saw you as as someone who is who is scientifically proven some of these things. Uh, and then later, you know, in our in our conversations, found out well, you you know, you're you're really in, intuitive too, but you've done the work of the science to go with it. And that's impressive to me. Thank you. Yeah, I think like nearly everything in life, there is complementarity in between those aspects that seem to be completely opposed to each Mm -hmm. other, like science and intuition, because many of the big scientific findings, they started with the intuition of the scientist who just wanted to find out if that is true and wanted to confirm his or her hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And so what we consider today as scientific may have started with a hunch, Mm -hmm. may have started with a feeling in the stomach. Yeah. But for me, the main reason why I set out on this journey was that I was tired of people sending me mentally to La La Land when I was talking about this perspective about this intuitive perspective mm-hmm. yeah. of the twice four dimensions and of the ongoing interplay between inside and outside and between individuals and society. Mm-hmm. So again, you have the complementarity. So uh, when did you learn to trust your, your intuition side? It's something which is still something that I work on Mm -hmm. and it's context driven because there are situations where it is very good and very helpful to double check, to make sure that your intuition is actually in line with the facts that are at your disposition. And so I think it has been for me, like everything else, work in progress. And I just learned over time that in the moment where you give your own best self Mm -hmm. and that includes what you really feel inside as being the right thing to do in terms of 
aligning what you aspire to and what you do, then you rarely go wrong. And that is a very good um, judgment stick for is your intuition holding up? Yeah, you know, there's, um, uh, you, know, you know, I like to, uh, to find a quote that, um, or, you know, actually, it's when I find a quote that agrees with something I, I believe, and it's like, oh, my God, that's a good quote. I love that. And I, I, I got one earlier this year, and I, I wrote it down in the back of the book that I have yet to publish, but uh, motivate, more motivated now to get that, that out. And that's called Permission to Have a Great Life. And it's about listening to that inner voice that, uh, that speaks to us, and um, uh, I, I, I would call it the authentic voice. And the, the quote that I, that I wrote down was from um, uh, Howard Thurman. And uh, he said, all of us, uh, I'll par paraphrase it, all of us spend our, our lives uh, waiting and listening for the sound of the voice of the genuine within us. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life Spend your days at the ends of strings that someone else pulls. And I thought, wow, that, that really hits it uh, for me because uh, I, I, and I, I use the phrase with, with, uh, with, with people when I'm talking with them once in a while, you're cutting the strings, aren't you? And they're like, what do you mean by that? Well, then we have that conversation because listening to that voice that comes from within, that, that authenticity, the, the aspiration that comes from the soul. That is, uh, that, is, that is the voice of the genuine. It's the only true guide we ever have, right? It is indeed. And I think the main thing, because it can be discouraging for those who have not yet started to trust and to listen to that voice, it can be discouraging because when you don't hear something, well, too yeah. bad. If that's the only one that is there. Yeah. But it is something that can be learned. And it's in the moment where you open your perspective to it, where you open yourself to the possibility that there is more than what seems to be the hard facts, then your ears start to open towards the inside. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a process. Like everything else, we yeah. continue to evolve organically. Well, and, and the, the, the voice that I describe, my, the, my authentic voice that I've heard, speaks, speaks to me not in terms of words that I could put into, that, uh, that, I could, that I could write down as words, but more in the sense of understanding. And because of that, I, I describe it as something that is a knowing, and that's better than believing, um, so it's, it's something, but, but it's not something I can put into words necessarily. So that makes it much more difficult to, to transfer that understanding to someone else in our, in the way we communicate. So, um, well, there's, there's that. So fi final thoughts as we wrap up with the last three minutes today. Well, I'm really, really grateful for, um, yet another wonderful conversation with you. And for the beautiful questions of Yulia. Yeah. And again, I guess I'm putting out that challenge of more people thinking about it, more people putting us questions mm -hmm. and keeping on 
questioning themselves, questioning the status quo and questioning what they took for granted or what they desire. Mm-hmm. And how would, uh, how would someone uh, c- connect with you or find out more about uh, uh, Pose, for example? There's the POSE website, and maybe you have a website, then you can put it out. And yeah. otherwise, it's www.pose.cc. And people can also find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I'm not very active, but LinkedIn, I'm certainly. Yep, I'm on LinkedIn too, and uh, you can if um, uh, I'll, I'll make the connection if um, if uh, if if listeners need to uh, to go that route to um, BraveHeartsRadio.org. We've got uh, the uh, uh, the current uh, the current shows and um, all of the episodes in the past. You know, BraveHearts Radio. Uh, when I started uh, doing this, it was you know we got we're live radio. Well, now we, we pre-record things, um, and that, that makes for um, uh, uh, you know, uh, something of a better schedule in my mind. But I also found over 99% of the people that listen to the show are listening uh, on their own time as a podcast. So uh, that's, uh, that's, that's something to embrace and, um, and, and to go with. I guess that was, a, that was a change that was difficult for me. So... Um, Thanks again, Cornelia. It's always great to talk with you, and I'm glad you could be on the show. Um, thanks to thanks. the Bravehearts for joining us this week. And uh, remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, be well and stay well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 